WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 140, all about the Silmarillion Valla Quinta, being the 140th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time, and right now I am reading The Silmarillion, so you don't have to. Today I'm joined by Charlotte Moore Lambert, also known as Kavatica on TikTok. Welcome! Hi! Well, Charlotte comes to me vis-a-vis Don Marshall, the one and only. Yeah, the legend. <laughs> um. There was some, I don't exactly remember like when or how, but I think Don made a TikTok when he was last on the podcast and mm-hmm. and then you commented on it. I was like, this is a thing? Why didn't I know that this was a thing? And then we were all it's friends. Yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I think I might have waited to do this. So I've, I've in previous episodes detailed my like internet stalking for, and I say stalking, mm. like following someone on TikTok. It's not stalking or whatever, but like right. my, we actually like it when you follow like, us. So I try to like sh- be strategic about it. And so I think I followed you when I was getting closer to reading the Silmarillion because yeah. I wanted that like notification to pop up mm-hmm. at like just the right time. Mm-hmm. So then. So then you would see it and then you would follow me because now TikTok has the feature where you can only DM people if you are mutual. But the joke's on you because I think I followed you like right away. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't know. I was, okay, I'm pretty sure cool. I was following you first. See, here I was thinking, oh, she has so many like notifications going on. I need to be like strategic about when this happens. Yeah. And like. <laughs> I have surprisingly, if you ever, I get this a lot when people DM me on Instagram or whatever. They're like, I'm, I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're really busy and you get messages all the time and like no nobody messages me like no one messages me I do get a lot of like comments notifications and a couple of like Mm -hmm. mentions and tags but like nobody talks to me Well, I'm here to talk to you. Thank you. Let's talk <laughs> um, about nerd stuff. The first the first thing I want you to talk about is how you got interested in Lord of the Rings or introduced to it and like what your experiences with Tolkien, whether that's just you are a movie person and that's all you've seen and I asked you to come on for the <laughs> most obscure dense piece of Tolkien ever <laughs> right or if you're like a more uh like into the lore kind of a person what's your Tolkien journey thank like? you for asking it's all over the map I was assigned the Hobbit for my summer reading list and I was a rising fifth grader which felt at the time early, even for my fairly precocious reading abilities at that time. And I remember I read it like I was intrigued by the cover, intrigued by the material, but it was really dense and hard for me to get through at the time. And Mm -hmm. I didn't, I think, you know, I probably did some little book report on it or something, but I then didn't go anywhere really near it other than as a child of the late 80s, early 90s, getting everything on broadcast television. I absolutely saw the animated versions of the early animated versions of the Lord of the Rings, like the mm-hmm. Rankin Bass ones um, yes, and the Hobbit. Are familiar. Good. I That's covered, covered those extensively. Good. I okay. was, I think, more excited to dive into them than my listeners. And I made them watch them and listen to That's it. That's too bad for them, those Philistines. <laughs> yeah. When I was in college was when the movies came out. Uh, mm-hmm. I was very intrigued by fellowship. And I should say that in college and up through my early 20s, I was mostly reading science fiction. I would say I was a science fiction bro. And then, you know, the fellowship came out and the trailers were intriguing and people wouldn't shut up about it. And I was having some cultural FOMO and I was like, well, I read The Hobbit when I was a kid and I went and saw the movie and I walked out of that theater like, oh, God. I'm changed. And um, (laughs) I think I got, somebody gave me the trilogy for Christmas. I still have it downstairs in my bookshelf. And I ripped through those books Mm -hmm. and couldn't wait, like second movie could not come out fast enough. And it was so nice. That three year period was like a movie a year. Uh, I could just look forward to it. This was still like 2003, 2002. We had the internet. But like it wasn't it wasn't as extensive. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, like the 
there was nerdery, but I would have had to have done a lot more work to like delve. And at the time, mm-hmm. I don't think I was ready yet for the Silmarillion. Once it became clear that the Lord of the Rings was going to be like a cultural thing again, mm-hmm. I would pick up the Silmarillion like once every couple of years and I'd get a little bit further than I'd gotten the previous time. But I still, it wasn't, it's like sitting down to read the Bible. I listened to the audiobook by Martin Shaw and just, and I don't listen to a ton of audiobooks. I generally prefer to read my books, but this was actually one of the books that got me onto audiobooks. And so it just got into my brain a different way. And I have a completely different appreciation for this story now. And really it's only sort of been the past year where I was like, I think I'm a Lord of the Rings nerd. I think, I think that's going to be my new thing for a while. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I have trouble listening to the audio book or, you know, narrations or readings because a lot of people will try to put too much of an accent on these words. And therefore, I unless I'm, maybe it would be nice to read along with an audiobook narration. Yeah. Um, They can be helpful for names. Yeah. Pronouncing people's names. But I need to like hear like the difference between like a a native Spanish speaker being like quesadilla and then like (laughs) me, a white person being like, quesadilla you know like i like i need but no we don't say quesadilla but like that's like the most rudimentary example i can have a minor in spanish so (laughs) i can help i don't know (laughs) all right well let's dive into this section of the silmarillion what one this ten thousand things are you gonna learn today i could not for the life of me pronounce the name of the previous section i think i finally got it it's i know i nope (laughs) So Ina Lindelay. Ina Lindelay. Yes, there we go. Um, this chapter, listeners, I've equated it to that scene in Mean Girls when Katie Heron is getting a rundown of like everyone in the cafeteria and is like, those are like the the jocks, the stoner oh. jocks, the blah, blah. And like we're getting a rundown of like who's who and like these are the people and then like, you know. So Vala Quinta opens Valquinta. with like a nice little one paragraph spark note summary of the previous section. Love that. To which I say, why couldn't we like Tolkien, why couldn't you have just like done that in the first place? Like yeah. I had to read like five or like six seven very confusing pages of prose oh no you so you don't you didn't like that that section i mean no here's the thing don't get me wrong and there is a section uh, a point in this section where i will say that's damn beautiful writing i get why (laughs) tolkien's good but there were a lot of points in the previous section where i was like that made no sense i will say this section had much more where i was like Okay, I think I'm keeping to, I got it. This yeah, is a this little guy bit does easier. This, and okay. this chick does this and this guy does that. And then, it, and then it, it did eventually, I think I have a I have a note somewhere where I'm like, okay, and I'm I'm you're losing me again. Oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> So yeah, this section we're getting a rundown of who's who. Mm-hmm. Um so there are the Ainor in the first section we learned about uh four of them mm-hmm. but now we learn that there's actually oh wait no hang on the Ainur, the 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 ones who came down the valar the valar that's who we're learning about and that there's more than the four that were previously mentioned so very um, many more yeah in the previous section yep um there are actually 14 of them yep um, and these, once again, a reminder, these are uh, Eru, so God's spirit children, essentially. His archangels. His, yeah, ain't great. His archangels. Yeah, great, but much better Or demi, a good way, demigods. I I, you know, you demigods, can, yes. You can think, great. so you can think yes. of Eru, Iluvatar, as like the god, the one god. The god, mm-hmm. And then these guys are god. These are like lesser gods. So Eru is Zeus, and then mm. they're all of the other gods. They're still gods. Yeah. But they're not Zeus. Hephaestus is good. Is he Zeus? Yeah. And then eventually we get into, I guess, demigod The Maiar. The demigod. Yes. Yes. Um, and so they have chosen, these are the Ainur who have chosen to come down to Arda and fulfill this vision that Eru has shown them essentially yes. of what this place is to become um and they're like that looks dope let's make it happen <laughs> i want to go to there 
But like the whole point of this is that it's like it's only by their efforts and their powers and their might that this vision is going to come to fruition. So right. like they actually it's not like they can just go down and like <laughs> and you know, I love destiny that will work itself. I out. love that they still didn't kind of like conceive of that part. So like they saw the vision and then they go down into Aya and there's nothing there. And they're all looking around like we're this is just nothing. This is nothing. Yeah. And then they realize like, oh, we have to, we have to build oh, it. We have to do this. We have to do. All right. Right. Look, like, guys, yeah. you just sang the whole, what did you think you were doing? You're, come on. It's a lot of work. Dumb gods. Come on. That's a lot of work. So there are 14 Valar, mm-hmm. or I guess, sorry, specifically if we're getting into like the gendered terminology, there are seven Valar and seven. Valier. Va- Valier. Okay, great. Um, And they're the lords and queens of the Valar, and there's seven of each. And they are named, let's see, where is it? Manwe, Olmo, Aule, Arome, Orome, Orome, nailed it, Mandos, Lorien, and Tolkas. So those are the guys. Mm -hmm. Those are our dude bros. Um, And the queens are Varda. Yavana? Yavana. Now, this is a thing. A little just note, because I don't know very much about like Elvish, but when you see two N's together like that, you hold the N for just a little longer. Like the little tilde on a Spanish N? Uh, It's not an N-Y, but it's, yeah, it's sort of, instead of Yavana, you would say Yavana. You just hold it. But but Yavana is fine. Yavana is fine. Um, Niena? Mm -hmm. Este? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Este Lauder? (laughs) <laughs> like Este Lauder or like like the Spanish for East. Va, va, vire. 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 Okay. Uh, Vana and Nessa. Mm-hmm. And then. And technically. Technically. Technically there's Melkor. But he's dead to us. But he, he's he's on the outskirts. He's dead to us. He's we don't we us. don't talk about Melkor. We don't, we don't know him. <laughs> oh, my don't God, oh my God. That's. That's the meme. We don't talk That's about Melkor. <laughs> Literally, oh my God. That's the meme. Oh my God, okay, that's, that's the so meme good. for this week. All right. Yeah, so he's down here pissing everyone off, doing mm-hmm. his own thing, whatever. We know from the previous section, Manwe and Melkor were brothers, essentially. But Manwe is Iluvatar's favorite. Mm-hmm. He's daddy's favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it, that TikTok sound? How does it feel to be God's favorite? <laughs> So you can think of Manwe and Melkor as kind of Michael and Lucifer. See, I was thinking them as uh, Boromir and Faramir awesome. in the eyes of Denethor. Also good. <laughs> <laughs> Except for in this in this instance, um, Melkor is actually terrible. And in the other instance, Faramir is actually the best character That's in correct. all of Lord of the Rings. That is correct. Um, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You did understand the assignment. So um, Manwe is a Luvatar's favorite and he has the most clear vision of what Iluvatar has for Arda. Mm-hmm. Um, he was appointed to be in the fullness of time, the first of all kings, lord of the realm of Arda, and ruler of all that dwell therein. So he and he is also going back to our Avatar the Last Airbender references, he is the Air Nation here. Yes, Air Nation. Manwe is our Aang. He is an airbender. <laughs> He's the Air Nation, whatever you want to call it. And then this is where we learn, like, okay, all these people are starting to get different names. Um, Solimo so he, is his surname, right? So he has a last name. Yeah, and great. Yeah, so does so does God, Eruluvatar. Everyone's got to have then a last name. He he is married to Varda, Lady of the Stars, mm-hmm. who knows all the regions of Ea. Two, she's basically the Regina George, I think, yeah. of this world. Yeah. Uh, but like in all the best ways. She's great. Yeah, she's not mean. Too great is her beauty to be declared in the words of men or elves. The light of Iluvatar lives still in her face. And this is my favorite part. So Melkor had a thing for her, but she rejected him and kind of triggered, <laughs> I, I would say probably triggered some like toxic masculinity in him. Oh, that yeah. like typical, you know, like, oh, well, she rejected me. Well, I'm going to go and like I'm gonna become a her. demon. Yeah. <laughs> and there's definitely, I was thinking about that. We'll get into that in a second when we're talking about Aule and how like everything that Aule sets up, Melkor wants to tear down. I'm like, Melkor is the ultimate troll. Like, he wants mm-hmm. to make stuff, and he can't, so he just kicks down everyone else's stuff. Like, he's an- Melkor's an incel. Like, 
Yes. Sorry, bro. A hundred percent. Yes. Just an intel. Uh, so it says, for Melkor, she knew from before the making of the music and rejected him and he hated her. But this is my favorite part. And feared her more than all others whom Eru made. Damn. Damn. Yep. So Queen she of rejected him and he was. He's big insul- mad. Like big deeply insulted, mad. but also terrified. Yeah. Love that energy. Love it. Love it. I'm also wondering if um, Varda is, or I guess if Galadriel is like descended from Varda or something. No. Or is it, um, there's another one who lives in Lorien who might be that person. So, But for me, for me, what got it was the too great is her beauty for the light of Iluvatar lives in her face. And that just seemed very much like a, I also might just be um, influenced by Kate Blanchett. Oh, well, <laughs> you know. You're, she yes, the the light of Iluvatar is in the face of Kate Blanchett. Is in her eyes. Yeah. Um. So the the light of the you'll I'm sure you'll get to this in a second, but the elves revere Varda above all other okay. gods. Um. And I I don't think this is a huge spoiler, but the elves revere the stars above all things. Uh, mm-hmm. They awake under the stars. I think one of their names for themselves is the people under the stars. Um. And so they just associate Varda with their coming into the world. And for a very long time before, like even before what preceded the sun and the moon, all there was in the world was starlight. And they lived under starlight for a very long time. Uh, And there is said to be something of starlight in the faces of the elves. So that is maybe sort of one connect, and that Galadriel was one of the ones who Got sort of it. had that light the most. And mm. there, there is another tie-in which you probably haven't even realized yet. And I'll let you, I'll I'll point it out to you in a second. Keep going. Okay, I think that's that's all I was. I think that's all I'll say about because um, we have a lot of people to get through. Right. We know that Varda and Manwe are a power couple. They work best yes, when they're, they're together. Yes, they are king and queen, um, and they're both hot. They're both hot and their powers are like, their powers are best enhanced by the other. Um, And another name. Yes, I love that part. Let's see. Um, Yes. When Manwe there ascends his throne and looks forth, if Varda is beside him, he further than all other eyes through mist and through darkness and over the, wait, he sees further through all other eyes through mist and darkness. If Manwe is with her, Varda hears more clearly than all other ears. So basically they have the, it's like the ultimate Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? Yes. And then Legolas, what do your elf ears hear? (laughs) You know? (laughs) And then another name for her is Elbereth. And there's a very yes. like sort of famous song in the lore of this about Elbereth. But you may recall back in the Lord of the Rings, there's a moment in the Two Towers after they're they're dealing they're dealing with Shelob. Uh and mm. Frodo has dropped the vial of Galadriel. And Sam picks it up. Sam's Sam's got the vial for like a lot of that story, actually. And at one point he raises the vial and he feels Elvish words pop into his brain he doesn't know where they come from and he chants what ends up actually being i think it's like the second verse of this song of elbereth where he's calling on the queen of the stars unknowingly to kindle the light of the stars in this vial that he has okay um so just it's one of those things what a nerd god what a nerd yeah yeah. Next in next in line of power, according according to according to Tolkien in the Silmarillion, yes. the next behind Manwe in power is Olmo. I would argue though, if Varda is like the one who Melkor fears the most, then maybe Varda is like next in line in terms of power. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Maybe. Mm. But according to Tolkien, um, it goes like Manwe Olmo, um, and he he's the water tribe. He's water nation. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's alone. He does not have a spouse. Forever alone. Um, he dwells nowhere long and moves as he will in all the deep waters about the earth or under the earth. He can't be tied down, man. He's restless. He's got to go where his heart takes him. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um also he he doesn't like to be on land and when he does he does not wear clothes so he's just Why you know streaking everywhere. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> and then because he like kind of lives in like the water which uh you know is kind of like the 
I think it says like the veins of, yeah, elves say that the spirit of Olmo runs in all the veins of the world. Thus, news comes to Olmo even in the deeps of all the needs and griefs of Arda, which otherwise would be hidden from Manwe. So Olmo is like the guy to go to when you need to know what's going on because he'll know like what what's what's happening yep. in Arda. What's what's so if you've got a fountain in your house, Olmo can hear you. It's like he's like a smart speaker. If you're running water in your house, it's, man. Yeah, it's like um Alexa's yes. and everything. Yep. Alexa. Okay, that's great. Okay, that's terrifying. Um yep. Yep. <laughs> great. Next in power ship line, whatever, is Aule. Mm-hmm. And he is uh he's if we're again, he's if we're going tribe. with the app, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's Earth Nation. If Earth we're going Nation, with sorry. the, yeah. I th- I can't remember. I think it is Earth Nation. I go back and forth between between saying like Air Nation, Fire Nation, Water Tribe, yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, he's Earth Nation. But yeah, he's the Earthbender. Um, he's the one who's like making mountains and valleys and like constructing the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Melkor. It says Melkor was jealous of him for Aule was most like himself in thought and in powers, and there was long strife between them. Both also desired to make things of their own that should be new and unthought of by others and delighted in the praise of their skill. But Aule remained faithful to Eru and submitted all that he did to his will. So this is a very interesting little passage to me because it contextualizes Melkor in some ways as a creation deity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like we think of him as a destruction deity and he is that. And there is a point where I think it was in the previous section where at the end he manifests on Arda as this giant volcano and all of the other Valar are like, okay, man, whatever you want. Um, But of course, like a volcano is a perfect and the fact that he does that, he does this several times and Sauron does this too. A volcano is both a form of creation and destruction simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting to think of Melkor as like a corrupted creation deity. Yeah, yeah. He that's yeah, that's really true. And it is interesting to compare him to Aule, where they are both creators, but what separates them is that Aule does everything in the vision of Ariel, whereas Melkor wants to create things in his for own himself. He mind, wants to dominate you know, for himself. Yes, yeah. yes. And Aule just does it for the love of the act of creating. Mm-hmm. Which is so wholesome. I so think. good. He's like, he's like, hey, look, look at this thing I made. And you'll Isn't look, cool? you're, you're going to see more about that from Aule at one point. He's, I won't, dis- I won't disclose specifics. No they're spoilers. all going to die. It's okay. It's no, 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 no. Actually, I don't even know if these guys can die or not. No, we'll see. No, they're not. But he's going to make a very important thing. Uh, that that Daddy Eru is, or the, I think it's Manway is like. So you you shouldn't make that. What was that about, bro? That was not in the plant. That wasn't in the syllabus. <laughs> I'm predicting now that Aule makes Tom Bombadil. No, he did actually. <laughs> nobody knows where Tom Bombadil came from. Um, I don't care. That's my headcanon. I love it. I love it. Correct. You know what? It's good headcanon. I am ninety nine percent sure that I already know Tom Bombadil, like any mentions or references to him will not appear in the Silmarillion. They won't. But I'm still going to hold out hope. They won't. I'm so sorry. They won't. (laughs) Nope. You're wrong. (laughs) So. (laughs) You know what? Tom Bombadil does appear in the Silmarillion because he is the embodied spirit of Arda. And as long as there's an Arda, there's a Tom Bombadil. He's there somewhere. That's insane. So Aule. No. So I was just going to say, in terms of like his desire to make things and like, please... Eru. So he makes this thing to basically just to see if he can. And Manwe is like, oh, little bro. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, You should probably tell daddy about this. And so Aule goes to Eru and he's like, hey, dad, um, I made this for, I made it for you. Do you like it? Here's my like clay. Yes. (laughs) Clay pot. Yes. Here's my clay thing. Almost you're closer than you realize. Here's my clay thing. Here's my, you know, reindeer handprint mm-hmm. ornament that I made in pre- in arts and crafts. And Eru's like, okay, I love I love it. I love it. But let's put it in a cupboard. Let's put it in a cupboard for a little while and you can come and get it uh later. Okay. And then but then also Eru's like, also never do that again. <laughs> but also but also don't ever do that again and Allie's like oh okay daddy I love you so much thank you I love that you love it and then you like goes back making other stuff oh my god so Aule is married to Yavanya 
Yvonne. The giver of fruit. I love Yvonne. She's, I guess, like our kind of, I don't know, gar- gar- I'm kind of imagining like a Garden of Eden type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, basically. Queen of Eden. Okay, so this is what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, yeah, Tolkien does go off on like prosy things and you're like oh my god like why, why like this isn't necessary we don't need this i don't know what to make sense of that however <laughs> this part is really cool so it says in the form of a woman she is tall and robed in green but at times she takes other shapes some there are who have seen her standing like a tree under heaven crowned with the sun and from all its branches there spilled a golden dew upon the barren earth, and it grew green with corn. But the roots of the tree were in the waters of Olmo, and the winds of Manwe spoke in its leaves. That's pretty beautiful. cool. Beautiful. It's beautiful, and it's also showing like the interconnectedness of all of these uh beings that like she is, you know, the garden lady, whatever. But she is connected in, you know, her her roots run in the waters of Olmo and she's tall. So she comes in contact with Manwe, who does air and wind. Um, the, and that's just like really cool. And that's a very moments astute like that observation where I'm like, where I'm like <sighs> fine, Tolkien, I guess you're a good writer. Yeah. Yeah. And then she also has a surname, Kemintari, Queen of the Earth. Yeah, Kemintari, yeah, Queen of the Earth. She's surnamed in the Eldoran tongue. There's also a little bit of foreshadowing here with her taking the shape of a tree. That is also uh, Yavanna making trees. Oh my trees. gosh, she's tree beard. Head cannon. She turns into tree beard. Don't shake your head. I'm right. No, but. <laughs> is she the origin of the Intwives? Trees. Trees are her thing. Okay, I'll remember that. Oh my God, is she Goldberry? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So next. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this is kind of where I started to be like, okay, like a lot of people are coming and into also, play And also the other thing is you barely, you don't even really need to know about this middle section of people because like at the very end, he's like, listen. It's like, yeah, only... these people are the important ones. And yeah. he's like, you only need to know nine of these. Like he tells yeah. us all of them. And then he's like, don't worry, you only need to know a few. I'm just like, yeah. Right? Oh my God. Why are we? Okay. So these are the, the Fanturi. Like Feanor. masters of spirits, mm-hmm. and they are called Mandos and Lorium. However, those are their names because those are the places of their dwelling, and their true names are Namo and Ermo. And to be honest, if my name was either Namo or Ermo, I would prefer Mandos or Lorian. Mandos or Lorian, yeah. But this is where I'm like, okay, well, then why would you introduce these in the beginning of the section as saying, and there was Mandos and Lorian when their names are? Namo and Ermo. So you know? the context, the framing device for the Silmarillion and all of the information that you get in the Silmarillion is information that would have been conveyed to and retold by the elves. So the elves as the first people and the people who end up spending a lot, tribes of them live on Valinor forever. They live in the land of the gods and everything that they know about creation, they learn at the literal feet of the gods. They dwell together. Um, And any gaps in the story are things that the gods would not have told them. And any any context for the story would have been the way that that story would have been related to other elvish listeners in a way that they could understand. Mm-hmm. So okay. elves would revere Mandos and Lorien as places and were, would be most likely to refer to Namo and Irmo by those names. They would have known them that way their whole lives. So you kind of introduduce, it's sort of like introducing The Rock. Like, yeah, his name's Dwayne Johnson, but you know well, him, we as, know the him as The Rock. We know him as The Rock. Yeah. Gotcha. This is where I think it gets cool. Namo dwells in Mandos, um, and he is the keeper of the houses of the dead and Mm -hmm. the summoner of the spirits of the slain. He forgets nothing, and he is the doomsman of the Valar. Um, So he is essentially Hades. Yeah. For a, you know, simple comparison. However, he pronounces his, if we're going with like, you know, Eru is Zeus, mm-hmm. you know, Zeus and Hades are very opposite, or always Ma- at Man war Ways. with each other. However, Manway is Zeus, kind of. Or Ma- 
Well, yeah, I guess Eru is Zeus. We know we said we were saying we were saying if Eru is Zeus, he's the one above all these other guys, and then there's the rest of these gods. Yeah. However, Namo pronounces his dooms and his judgments only at the bidding of Manwe. So he is at least doing it. Who is doing? Manwe is doing everything through the vision of Eru. Yeah. Um. So I think, (laughs) and I think it's easier for me to kind of conceive of of Manwe as like. As more like the Archangel Michael, just in terms of, or even if you wanted to, is like Metatron, is like the voice of God. He's the intermediary between God and the rest of creation. And for the entire rest of the story, if any of the other Valar or any of the other peoples of Middle Earth want something from Eru, they gotta go through Manway. And even Manway okay. has yeah. heralds who convey the voice of Manway because, like, the voice of Manway might be like too much. Um, so he's just like, yeah, an intermediary spirit at the very top of the hierarchy of the gods. And yeah, death does not do anything without him. Yes. And then there is, how do we say, Vare? Oh, Vire. Vire. There's Vire the weaver, his spouse. Love her. Who weaves all things that have ever been in time into her storied webs, and the halls of Mantos that ever widen as the ages pass are clothed with She's them. a spider spirit, which I love. Okay. She's she so you think of you can think of her but like as, what does she actually do? <laughs> uh she's the she's the timekeeper of existence. Okay. She's she's the Okay. She weaves the tapestry of creation. So if her spouse forgets nothing, she tells the story of time. So if you go to the halls of Mandos, um, you know, you would you would see her tapestries as you walked through them. You would see the the stories of the ages. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So the other master of spirits is Ermo. He's younger. He is the master of visions and dreams. My brain equated this with, um, and I don't know if this is just like a fever dream that I remember from one episode of Rugrats, but the concept of like the Sandman absolutely comes yep. and you know gives makes you go to sleep and and gives you dreams or something. I was thinking more of Neil Gaiman's <laughs> Neil Gaiman's Sandman, but yeah. So I assume you haven't you haven't read Sandman. The, no. the graphic novel series. My concept of the Sandman comes from an episode of Rugrats where like Tommy's grandpa is like, you guys will go to sleep and some and the Sandman will come and sprinkle sand <laughs> on your faces and make you dream dreams. And then they like, there's like a whole miscommunication because Chucky's dad is coming to pick him up and it's a really uh, stormy night and he like falls into the like wet sandbox outside. And so then they think he's the Sandman. Anywho. Well, you may know the Sandman by another name, whether you know it, it from Neil Gaiman's comics or not, which is Morpheus. Uh, okay. Morpheus is a, is like the Greek name, uh, or, or uh, on- Oneros is another name for the Sandman, and he's like the Sandman is a guy. He's a thing in in Greek mythology. Who's yeah, he's the keeper of dreams, uh, and is a character that appears in he appears in the Iliad. He shows up in all kinds of mythology in various guises. Uh, so. Yeah, but the fact whether you got it from Rugrats or not, like yes, that is the conclusion you were meant to draw. There this guy enter yes. enter the Sandman. <laughs> yes, the Sandman, yeah. Mr. Sandman. That's it. Bring Mr. me Sandman. your dreams. Yes. Bo, 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 bo. Yeah. Sure. Um, and he is married to Este, the gentle and healer of hurts and of weariness. Gray is her raiment, and rest is her gift. And I love that notion that like rest and healing is a is like mm-hmm. a power it's a gift of her that she has yeah and and they're so effective at it that in their their in her garden the other gods will come to lay down their burdens and restore themselves and and yeah. walk by her her greens Yes. Um, let's see. From the fountains of Ermo and Este, all those who dwell in Valinor draw refreshment. And often the Valar come to themselves come themselves to Lorien and there find repose and easing of the burden of Arda. Yep. And we've seen, you know, we've seen Lorien in uh Lord of the Rings, and that's exactly what happens. They show or Loth Lorien. Loth, yeah. And there's specific. a weird nobody knows exactly what the provenance of the name Loth Lorien is. There's a whole thing in like I think it's untold ta- or uh unfinished tales about like it's it's a thing that Tolkien never totally spelled out, but it is possible that one of the influences was Galadriel who spent time in Valinor, uh being like, hey that place Lorien was cool. We should really call sick. It that. 
That was really nice. Let's like do that again. Let's do that here. Yeah. (laughs) And so this is really where I start getting a little cross-eyed, like doing this, you know, like family tree and like everything. Um, If anyone who, if anyone's watched the show Once Upon a Time. Oh, yeah. I had to quit that show after like six seasons because at a certain point I was like, you've got to stop introducing new characters. I just can't give it. I can't give it. Where it's like, okay, Henry's stepmother henry's who cares adoptive mother is the evil queen who is stepmother to snow white who is the mother of henry's biological mother and then henry's biological father is the son of rumpelstiltskin this is a soap opera i can't care about this peter pan so anyway oh and then it gets to the whole where uh, where henry's um biological mother starts dating the ex or former partner of Rumpelstiltskin's wife. Let me tell you something. Once, <laughs> once the Peter Pan stuff, like th- that show had me. Oh, that. And then once it, all the Peter Pan stuff started happening, I was like, I'm out. I'm done. That was when, that was exactly when I was like, okay, this is no longer like a fun, like good show. No. I'm just watching this purely because it's like, this is just ad not placement. A good show, I can't deal you know? with this anymore. Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of where it's getting at at this point where it's well, like, let me, let me see if I can change that for you. Keep going. Okay, where it's like Este is uh, is wait wait mightier oh sort of that which is right Nieta away they start off Este's sister. Hang on, no 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 not quite. So mightier oh. than Este, which means already right away like why didn't you lead with Nienna? I thought we were doing this from highest rank to lowest rank. So to mightier lowest, yeah. than Este Here is than Nienna. Nienna, sister of the Feanturi. So she's not sister to Este. She's sister to oh. Mandos and Lorian. Got it. So she's who are actually named Namo and Irmo. So Namo, Irmo, and Nienna are yes. a trio. Okay. And when you consider what Nienna's superpowers are, that kind of tracks. Yeah. Um. I. I'm using all of my knowledge of playing the game Hades in this section because that's where like a lot of my like Greek god whatever mythology, works, whatever is coming out. Whatever works. Um, I'm kind of thinking of Nieno almost kind of a fury um, okay. for anyone who's played the game, maybe kind of recognizing that where... Interesting interpretation. Not, like, qu- not quite to that I- extent, I don't think, but like that's just what first popped into my head for whatever reason. I think it's um, it's the fact that so it says she is acquainted with grief and mourns for every wound that Arda has suffered in the marring of Melkor. So great was her sorrow as the music unfolded that her song turned to lamentation. So just the idea that like she is like such Im- immense like grief and pain and like mourning within her that um in this case in, in i would say like in the furies case it's like they are destructive where she is not so that is where like that comparison yeah. ends but and then it says but she does not weep for herself and those who hearken to her learn pity and endurance and hope and so she frequently will go and visit mandos because um she seldom goes to the city of Valimar, mm-hmm. where everyone's chilling, having a good time, mm-hmm. because that's farther away. I understand it, girl. You know, you're yeah. going to go to whatever's closest. Yeah. Um, and whatever's closest is Mandos. And the people there cry for her, and she brings strength to the spirit and turns sorrow to wisdom. So she's basically, she's a goddess of mercy. So That's a great way. To, yeah. That's yeah. A great way to, she's, she's somewhere between like, you know the god of death and the god of healing um you know she's that intermediary where the people who are waiting in the halls of mandos or the people who are still alive and suffering from pain um all she feels is their pain so she's like yeah. she's like the goth goddess basically the emo goddess she's you know like super she's just in it all the time and even her house in the uttermost west of west where she looks out upon the stars and you know all of the rest of creation she doesn't even look towards the mortal world she just looks i just need to look at the void i just need to look at the void i just need to think about all of it um i actually described her in my notes as a depressed goth chick who lets everyone trauma dump on her yes she's just like absolutely correct and everything you say to her she's like that's so valid that's so valid and i love (laughs) you i love your honesty for you 
And I just, and I'm not mocking this person because this person is a very strong person to be able to like take this on all the time. I love love the um, turn sorrow to wisdom. Yeah. Because there's also like, she's everyone's therapist. If you have ever experienced like an immense loss in your life and immense grief, a lot of times you're like, what, like, what is the point of all of this? Like what, like what was even the reason for that? And so like this idea of like turning something terrible to a situation where you can take wisdom from it um, is really, is like a really beautiful comforting thought, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting that um, Nienna is the only other, she's the only Valier who's alone, you know, so Ulmo's alone and Nienna is alone. She has no spouse. Um, and you know, whatever, like that, that, that makes kind of sense. You know, it would be hard to be with Nienna. <laughs> you could, you yeah. could never cheer her up. Um, yeah. you could tell just, her anything, like, but that's heavy. Man, like, girl, sorry. I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to watch a Disney movie over here and you're just finding all the sad themes. Um, yeah. like may- settle down, Emily. Or uh, Emily Dickinson, yeah. you know, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's kind exactly. of she is. But like, we need a Nienna. So I, you know, I'm for mm-hmm. it. Good, good work, Nienna. Yeah. So next up is someone who I think of as a himbo. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, Tulkas is like, uh, he's a Viking himbo. Yeah. Um. Honestly, if I'm be if I'm being completely Before. honest, I'm just imagining Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> like just. <laughs> Just this is Kronk. Um, so there's Tolkas. <laughs> My spirit. He was the last to come to Arda and he came to aid the Valar in the first battles with Melkor. And he is also like essentially Chuck Norris. Yeah. Uh, well, says he delights in wrestling and in contests of strength. He rides no steed for he can outrun all things that go on feet. Yep. And he is tireless. His hair and beard are golden and his flesh ruddy. His This is the part that got me. His weapons are his hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are. Um, <sighs> Oh, my God. And then later on, it mentions um, that Tolkas laughs ever in sport or in war. And even in the face of Melkor, he laughed in battles before the elves were born. So Tolkas is like, I'm just here to have a good time. Thor. This is fat Thor. Yeah. This dude is fat Thor. Uh, But like, but like after Thor has like come to terms with that, and he's like happy and chill in the world. And, you know, we're not we are not fat shaming Tolkas at all. But he's just like. He's somewhere between like Saint Nick and Thor and uh, Dionysus. He, you know, he's just this like, he's a Viking god. He's the god yeah. of tearing <laughs> up and having a good time. He's a, yes. he's a Klingon, you know, like we, we love this for him. I love him. I yeah. laugh in the face of danger. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's so great. Um, His spouse is Nessa, the sister of, uh, of or, 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 or Orame. We'll get to Orame. And what did I write down? She is like, I put a cross between Artemis and like a flower child. Kind of. Um, just in the sense that, although Artemis is like, I'm always, whenever I imagine Artemis, I imagine her like running with a pack of deer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though she's the goddess of hunting. Um, so Nessa probably would not be hunting these deer. It does say deer she loves. Um, but she can outrun them, swift as an arrow with the wind in her hair. In dancing, she delights and she delights or and she dances in Valimar on lawns of never fading green. I just feel like Tulkas and Nessa are my favorite power couple in all of this. Like they're the life of the party. And you know that Tulkas would like he uh, he loves Nessa crazy about her. You know, she's probably a babe. She's like a hippie girl mm-hmm. next door like outdoor concert like uh like Lala- goes to Coachella yeah like a coach she's a Coachella chick but like but ripped but in a but in a good sense of that word she's probably yeah she's absolutely like queer like she's she's a bi like big bi wife energy you know mm. and just like this dude is like check out my wife is amazing he's always he's always drunk always punching stuff you can't talk about his wife like i and they and they dance and they knock things over when they dance she's an amazing dancer he can't dance like i love them love it i love them we need them um so i think let me see all right so i think oh wait no i spoke too soon never mind okay normie um oh i've already forgot 
Orame? Yeah, Orame. Yep. Orame is a mighty lord. Mm -hmm. He is less strong than Tolkas. He is more dreadful in anger. He comes off to me as maybe he has some anger management Mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. Um. He, but also, but then it also says he is the the Lord of Forests, um, and it says the oh, this is another part where I was like, okay, that's a pretty beautiful sentence. Yes, um, the valor the valoroma the valoroma is the name of his great horn the sound of which is like the upgoing of the sun in scarlet or the sheer lightning cleaving the clouds yeah so he's the lord of forests N- uh, N- nahar nahar is the name of his horse white in the sun and shining silver at night now also is nahar uh, the original, the OG Shadow Facts. Uh, I actually I don't remember. I don't think so. Hang on, give me just a second. Um, you don't actually. Ha- it's fine. No, you don't because have to actually, actually you now that you've planted the seed. Um, so Shadow Facts I know is one of the the Miras. I just can't remember. Shadow like- Shadow Facts is the Lord of all horses. Yes, and so I am kind of low key imagining. Um, what's his face? Arame as a human shadow fax for some reason. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Because he's the Lord of Forests. And then it mentions that like he has this beautiful white shining horse. And he has this uh this horn, um, the sound of which is like the upgoing of the sun in scarlet. Yeah. Like all this like very like godly, beautiful things. I think uh, I've looked it up. He's not so sh- no Shadowfax and the Miras are not descended like from Nahar. Um, but I'm I'm I would have loved that. I'm not um, sure there's okay. any like problems. Other headcanon, Bill the Pony yeah! is descended yes. from Nahar. He's a, he's quite <laughs> he's stout of heart. Yes. Yes. And then this is the last one. Yes. Vana, the ever young. She is the younger sister of Yavana. All flowers spring as she passes and open if she glances upon them and all birds sing at her coming. So like per- Snow White. I think of her as kind of like Persephone, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great. That's yeah. Much she's better. like this yes. or, or, or Easter. You know, she's a spring goddess. She's yes. just happy to be here. You know, there's not much to say about her, but she's a babe and uh, she makes the flowers grow. So we love that for yeah, her. Yeah, there we go. So then we go through all of that. And then it's like, okay, now that I've told you all these names, here are the only ones you need to know. <laughs> here are the ones you need to know. And they are called the Air- Aratar. Mm-hmm. Um, the Aratar are, if we're going back to our Mean Girls reference, the yeah. Aratar are the plastics. Yeah. I love that. Oh, the men listening to this are going to hate that. Um, They're the high ones of Arda, Manwe and Varda. So that I'm going to try and do this without consulting yes. my notes or the former. Okay, so Manwe and Arda and uh, Manwe, Manwe and, is our like, Manwe and god. Varda, not Arda. Manwe and Varda. Sorry, Varda. Um, and Varda is the star lady. Mm-hmm. Olmo is water. Yavanna is the fruit lady. Mm-hmm. Queen of the earth. Aule is the smith the um earthbender yes yes <laughs> he creates things mandos is our hades mm-hmm. niena is our sad depressed goth chick yes <laughs> and orame is literally we just read him uh the lord of forests who with anger management issues i did it I well did done it. though i believe that tulkis deserves more time than orame does but that's fine it is what it is what yeah. it is that is kind of funny that like they spend all this time describing i guess it's an equivalent amount of time describing orame yeah so the eritar are the plastics and once again reminder that manwe is regina george yes but but nice. Um, but still a reminder that like they are serving Uluvatar and he is still like the one of the all. Yeah. So now we get to the Maiar. I love the Maiar. Um, it says with the Valar came other spirits whose being also began before the world of the same order of the Valar, but of less degree. These are the Maiar, the people of Valar, and their servants and helpers. Yeah. So these are these are the demigods, and these are just like okay. These, these are spirits that, these are the angels. These are the angels. There's an angel for everything. They fill in all the gaps. Okay. Uh, and is it my understanding that 
Gandalf is a Maiar or he was sent by the Maiar? Gandalf is a Maiar, is a Maya. Maya is the singular. And actually oh, okay. he is spoken of in this very section. Oh, well, I'm, oh wait, I think I, maybe, maybe I highlighted the right section. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I'm reading into this Let's too much. go on. So the they were like, and we don't really know much about these guys. There are um, a lot here of them. Are some, <laughs> here are some that you might want to know about. There's Ose and Ose. Unin. Ose? Ose and, Ose. and okay. Uinin. Uinin. Mm-hmm. They are the best known to the children of Ilivatar. Yeah. So it's so every, if you think of like, okay, so all of the Valar, most of the Valar have spouses, but then they also have like servants, handmaids, yes. butlers, seconds in command. So this section is talking about like, okay, who's the second in command of thus and such? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ase is like Ulmo's twig. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says he is the master of the seas that wash the shores of Middle Earth. He does not go, he doesn't go uh, as deep into the waters as um, Ulmo does, but he also has a lot of chaotic energy Mm -hmm. Uh, for in storm he delights and laughs amid the roaring of the waves and his spouse is Weenan yeah sort of there's like a lady I don't know yeah okay Um, it doesn't matter because we're not going to talk about her for that long yeah Um, though she's important Ase, he's like chaos energy, and his wife is like honey. Let's, re- let's re- bring let's it bring in, it down bring it down, bring it down. Use your intuition. Um, it says all creatures she loves that live in the salt streams and all weeds that grow there. So she, I loves... picture her as a mermaid goddess. I was kind of thinking that too. Yeah, yeah. they all love her. The Numenorians um, held her in reverence equal to the Valar. Mm-hmm. So Melkor, that guy, hates this. But he recognizes the chaos in mm-hmm. Ose mm-hmm. and tries to bring him over to his side. And he is almost successful. Like, that would be bad news if you could get a god of the sea on your side. Yeah. That'd mm-hmm. be bad. But Weenan brings Ose back to Olmo before it's like too late. She narks on her own husband, basically. She's like, look, this guy has been spending a lot of time in the shed. I don't know who what he's doing out there. I don't know who he's talking to. He's uh, he's coming back very late at night. Uh, I think he's up to something shady. Um, mm-hmm. Big brother Ale, could you please do something about this? Yes. Turns out. Rats him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says, but at the prayer of Aule restrained Ose and brought him before Olmo. Um, and he was forgiven However, there is still this chaotic energy that mm-hmm. was even more so brought out by Melkor. So there are still like storms that rage on. Sometimes the this seas. dude will just sink ships for fun. Like to this day, if he's on his turn, possibly turning into a, a Davy Jones every once in a while. And I love this last sentence. Therefore, those who dwell by the sea or go up in ships may love him, but they do not trust him. Which is such a wonderful relationship for anybody to have with the sea. Like, love you sea, love you ocean. You're great. I know you're full of sharks. I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my uh, water wings on. Yes, wear my floaties. (laughs) Not today, sea. Not today. Yeah, that's right. Then there is Melian. Was the name of the what's the singular Maya. Maya? Maya. Maya. The name of Amaya who served both Vanna and Este, and she dwelt in Lorien, tending to the trees that flower in the gardens. Um, so she's their gardener she's woman. She's hugely, hugely important in this story. You will see Melian's name many, yes. many it more says, times. Of Melian, much is told in the Quinta Silmarillion. Yeah. So we will get to more. More to come. That's exciting. Wisest of the Maya was Aloran. He too dwelt in Lorien. But his ways took him often to the house of Nienna, and of her he learned pity and patience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, but of Aloran, this tale does not speak. So speaking about um, the rest of the Silmarillion that we will be covering over the next couple weeks, mm-hmm. um, strike that month. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so he will not appear much here. Um, however, it says he loved the elves. He walked among them unseen or in form as one of them, and they did not know whence came the fair vision or the promptings of wisdom that he had put in their hearts. In later days, he was the friend of all the children of Iluvatar and took pity on their sorrows. And those who listened to him awoke from despair and put away the imaginations of darkness. Is that Gandalf? Who does that describe? 
Is that's that our Gandalf? Gandalf. Is that our that's boy our Gandalf? Boy. We love this for um, him. Yep. As soon as it said he loved the elves and then also friend of all. And I was like, yep. And one thing that we, you know, now have to to know about that, if you, you know, once you've read all the Lord of the Rings and you know about Gandalf's death and resurrection, the, the Valar do not have the power to grant resurrection to those who ask for it. There are a couple of instances in the course of this story where people die and are sent back, but they can only do that by the grace of Eru, which means that when Gandalf died, and, you know, there's some of that where he says, like, I've been sent back by, you know, one who, whatever, has the power to. Um, Like, Gandalf dies, and Manwe is basically like, nothing I can do. But God himself is like, Gandalf, you've got to get back in there. Gandalf is blessed by the God of all creation. That is how beloved and ne- and necessary he is. And that just fills the cup of my heart so to, full to overflowing. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the best. And also like a reminder that that goes back to like the original idea of like what the Valar are there to do, which is they are there to um, fulfill this vision yeah. And so like Gandalf dies and then they're like, no, 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 the vision's not. It's not like, done we gotta, yet. We got to fix this. Like yes. there's more to this story. We got to get this like back on track. You know, yes. Very like, this astute. isn't how it's supposed to go. We're going to make it happen. Here's how. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so then there's this section called of the enemies. Um, It says last of all is set the name of Melkor. It says that name he has forfeited. Gross. That sounds gross and like foreboding. Yeah, so that's, know? yeah. Last of all is set the name of Melkor, he who arises in might. But he, um, yeah. And it says, who among the elves suffered, wait, where is it? Oh, yeah. Who among the elves uh, suffered most from his malice and will not, wait, wait, hang on, wait, wait. But that name he has forfeited in the Noldor, who among the elves suffered most from his malice, will not utter it. And they name him Morgoth, the dark enemy of the world. So his true name is like a Voldemort situation where they won't even say it. Well, we do not speak of this. And so then his, you know, his you know who name Mm -hmm. is Morgoth. Yeah. And it's kind of the dark enemy of the world. This dude is Lucifer. And we don't yeah. even call, we call him Satan. We call him all kinds of other stuff. We don't give him his angelic name because his true name, he has yeah. not been an angel for a very long time. Um, and I am, I have heard like people say the name like Morgoth, mm-hmm. uh, se- you know, several times or like referencing that. And for most uh, of the story, that's what he's called. Yeah. So here's our big baddie. Y'all, I mean, like similar, like we already kind of know what's happening here. It says, for he coveted Arda and all that was in it, desiring the kingship of Manwe and dominion over the realms can of I his read peers. The, can I read this little paragraph? Can sure. I just read this? From splendor he fell through arrogance to contempt for all things save himself, a spirit wasteful and pitiless. Understanding he turned to subtlety and perverting to his own will all that he would use until he became a liar without shame. He began with the desire of light, but when he could not possess it for himself alone, he descended through fire and wrath into a great burning down into darkness. And darkness he used most in his evil works upon Arda and filled it with fear for all living things. Which Mm. is interesting because it's another thing where like darkness didn't used to be an evil thing until Melkor perverted it. Oh yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Darkness, like creation came from darkness. Uh, but he couldn't wield light, so he wielded darkness instead. Darkness, yeah, yeah, this bastard. Um, so he throughout the next, you know, ensues ensuing however many years, which is many, many years to come. Um, he yeah, will year, always word be year is meaningless for a lot of this. Like this is still yeah. time uncounted. He, he will always be fighting against the the Valar. Um, and it says, many of the Maiar were drawn to his splendor in the days of his greatness and remained in that allegiance down into his darkness. And it, I think this sentence is interesting. It reminds me of another character. And others he corrupted afterwards to his service with lies and treacherous gifts. Hmm. wonder who that's about. <laughs> Saruman. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Dreadful among these spirits, this is where I get a little bit confused. Dreadful among these spirits were the Valarukar. The Valaraukar. Valaraukar, the scourges of fire that in Middle Earth were called the Balrogs, demons of terror. Mm -hmm. 
So the Maiar that Morgoth corrupted turned into Balrogs? Uh... Yeah, or just like some of them. Yeah, so he's because none of none of the 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 Maiar started off as evil spirits. Like none, you know, Eri right. wouldn't have been like, mm. okay, evil spirits, get you on down, down to Arda. Yeah, they all showed up. Now that's not to say that there weren't spirits of fire that came to Arda. There would have had to have been, and there would have also had to have been spirits of destruction because those are necessary to the furtherance of creation. But mm. that in itself is not evil. It's neutral unless you use it to destroy things that didn't need to be destroyed. So I think what basically this is saying is like Balrogs were among these fire spirits that Melkor was able to corrupt. Corrupt. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and and most notable among these servants that he corrupted. Mm-hmm. There's that one um, guy. Whom they called Sauron or Gorthar. <laughs> Well, for, okay, you're going to get is letters that it? about this. Did I say that correctly? Well, first, I have to fix one thing, because if this is for your own good, I don't want you to get tweets. The man's name is Sauron. Oh, I don't care about It's this. not Sauron. I, I, I it's Sauron. Care. I have to say it on the record, or I'm going to get the tweets. I get it. Okay. I get it. Sauron, or yes, which is a stupid name, Gorthaur. Gorthaur, Gorthaur the, the Cruel. cruel which... Listen, sounds like you had to give yourself a name to make people be afraid of you. Nobody can see this right now, but I'm putting on these giant prop glasses and pushing them up. <laughs> Gorthour the Cruel. Cruel. I <laughs> smite thee. Like, come on. Yeah. Settle down. Tolkien. In his beginning, he was of the Maiar of Aule, mm-hmm. and he remained mighty in the lore of that people. But what's interesting, let's see. Which is interesting because like Aule the Smith, so like South... Sauron originally was a was a maker spirit, a creative spirit. Yeah. Right. He is only lesser in evil than Morgoth mm-hmm. because um Morgoth sir let's see, only less in evil than his master, and that for long he served another and not himself. Yeah, which is like a weird logic. So it was like the only reason he's not as bad as Melkor is because he served Melkor. He yeah. helped Melkor. He was actually thinking of somebody who wasn't himself. Yeah. And also, I also interpretation. interpreted that as, I interpreted that also as like, he also originally served Aule. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that. Yeah. Like he he served other people, whereas Melkor served only himself. Yeah. There's potentially um, that. And then it says, but in after years, he rose like a shadow of Morgoth and a ghost of his malice and walked behind him on the same ruinous path down into the void. And then in all caps, here ends the Vala Quinta. Here ends the Vala Quinta. And then the next page says, Quinta Sil- Silmarillion, the history of the Silmarillion. That is when our story So that is like technically where the Silmarillion yeah. begins, where it's like, okay, chapter one, yeah. chapter two. Yeah. Um... So well that, that's the who's who. That's the who's who of the immortals. We haven't even, well, the, the gods. We haven't gotten even. The, now yeah, we're going to meet gods. so many more oh my God. immortals. Yeah. Um, I was uh, texting with a friend today and she was like, oh, how's the Silmarillion going? And I was kind of explaining. I was like, I mean, it, it is very interesting. It is just like you have to completely focus when you read it. Yeah. Otherwise, you will immediately forget whatever it was that you just read yeah um and so she's like do you think you'll be able to keep up and get through the whole thing and i said i will i will get through the whole thing i don't think i'll be able to keep up because i think that like there's definitely going to get to a point where i'm like i have zero memory of like the chapter that i read three weeks ago yeah which like was kind of true when i was reading lord of the rings where someone would be like remember when this like tiny detail happened 200 pages ago and i'm like no well charlotte thank you so much for coming on and discussing this with me where can people find you on the internet and what would you like to share with the audience i would like to share that this was my pleasure and thank you so much for inviting (laughs) me i feel like i used my english degree today um thank you uh they can find me on tiktok as kavatica as you mentioned at the top of the show uh, I too have podcasts that I produce. The one that I am producing 
the most right now is called Fish of the Week, which is a show in partnership with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service of Alaska, which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, I'm not on the I'm not the host of the show. I'm just the producer of the show. But it is a delightful show exploring not just the fishing and eating of fish, but also um, the culture and sociological significance of various fish throughout the United States. Um, you probably won't be able to fit all of that in there. I'm Kavatica on TikTok and I make stuff and I have podcasts. <laughs> Great. That's What I'm Talking About is a proud member of WBNE. If you want to learn more about the network, you can go to WBNE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Bacon and Eggs. The cover art is by Vaishan Brandon. You could support him on Instagram at Vaishan Designs. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available. One of the perks that you can get is access to my notes that I take as I'm reading the chapters, so you can get an inside look into the insanity of my brain as I'm trying to make make sense of the Silmarillion, or you can become a sponsor like Mots. Mots, thank you so much for continuing to support That's What I'm Talking About. I so much appreciate that. As always, if you like what you're listening to, please make sure to rate and review. Um, well, again, thank you for joining me. Uh, what uh, Do you have any parting words for the audience? Um, I wish I had thought of that in advance because then I could have come up with something really clever. Do I have any parting words for the audience? I guess I don't. I have so many, I have none. Yeah, I want to say, I feel like I want to say something really profound. Don't worry about, Um, I feel like that's how you describe Tolkien. It's like, I have so many words that I also have none. I have so many <laughs> words and I also have none. Um, Love what you love nice. and let nice. other people love it their way. And that, their that way. won't change the way you love it. And that's what I'm talking about.